It was interesting when uh, Sandra was um, playing up there, how she just dropped, I don't know if you call it an octave or a note, I don't know what you call it, what is it? A key, that would be a key, yeah, an octave is a voice thing. But it's just really neat, those transitions, and um, Father, we thank you for your presence. We just don't want to skip around, but we want to dive in. We don't want to play at the edge of the water. We want to be like those priests in the Old Testament when they were crossing the sea that they stepped into the water. We don't want to be those, Father, who set back and let every other one person get into this. But we want to be those who will fight and who will grow and will leave the milk of God's word and trivialities of scripture and we will dive into knowing you very personally. And I thank you, God, that when we come into your presence that we can hide in the cleft of the rock, that we can hide in you, and that you cover us with your mercy and with your love and with your compassion. And the things that stressed us before and worried us before and enveloped us now are cast off and you envelop us. You cover us. You give us the robe of righteousness. We no longer wear filthy rags and filthy coats. We don't make do. We are not those who make do today. We are those who are strengthened and we are energized because the Holy Spirit of God fills us. Today, God, we are washed in your word. We don't want samples. We want to enjoy where you set up a table for us in the midst of our enemies. And though you might have many enemies, and though the enemy might come at you, and he might throw flaming arrows at you, it is our God, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, which is not weak or slack, that will take care of you and fight for you. Today, no, dear loved one, you don't have to know all the answers. You don't have to know all of Scripture. You just need to know God. Know Him. Know His presence. Is it not His presence? And when He declares His word, where the demons flee, it is not His presence that when He speaks, healing comes. It is, is it not His presence that gives us a peace that passes all understanding? Father, we enjoy your company. We don't come here today for tips. We come here today for strength. Thank you for freeing each and every one of us today. And in your son's name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. If we can have our children's church go off, all those eight and under, Miss Ann has a beautiful time with you. It'll be a great time. Michael, I love your shirt today. Amen. He, this morning, 
If you want to turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16. We don't have any quitters in this place, do we? No, we got fighters. I love what Paul said. He said really kind of really simply, he said, that's why we never quit. We might stumble, we might have setbacks, but we don't quit. I don't believe in retirement. I think spiritually speaking, God commands each and every one of us to work that plow all the way till the grave. Can I get an amen there? Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 16. I got this highlighted. By the way, don't ever, don't ever um, worry about highlighting and making marks in your Bible. Can I get an amen there? Amen. Mark it up, write promises next to it, put arrows next to it, say, hey, look at this, don't forget this. I love it because I need those constant reminders. Get some highlighters, whatever you need to do. Take advantage of it. Paul said this, this is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, can I get an amen there? <laughs> our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small, and they won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at our troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. I don't know if anybody in here has any aches and pains going on in your life. There are many, aren't they? But I want to tell you today that Jesus Christ, through his power, that our spirits, they're being renewed every day. That's how come you could be like Caleb today, and you could be like Joshua. You could be advanced in your years, and you could be going and going, and you could be strong in your spirit because of the word of God for your life. I want us to think about not quitting, and here's why you don't quit. Because you know at the end of this journey here on earth, however long or however short it is, do you know what? You get a huge reward. You know that? Yeah. See, you're not living for your retirement accounts. You're not living for the, the promotion. You're not living for any of that stuff. Do you know what you're living for? Is heaven. Yeah. You know what the reward for a beauty in heaven? John Eldridge writes about this, and he says, God seems to be of the opinion that no one should be expected to sustain the rigors of the Christian life without very robust and concrete hopes of being brazenly rewarded for it. Can I get an amen there? Amen. What about the believer who struggled under mental illness all of her life? Largely alone and almost completely misunderstood, clinging to her faith like a drowning woman clings to a rock while a broken mind tormented her daily. Should she not step into the kingdom like the queen of an entire country? Indeed she will. She will probably be granted a position dispensing wisdom and insight that enriches the hearts and minds of her countrymen. Oh yes, rewards will be given out in the kingdom with great honor and ceremony. And I believe one of our greatest joys will be to witness it happening. When you think of all the stories of the saints through all the ages and all the beautiful and heroic and painful and utterly sacrificial choices made by those saints, 
the suffering, the persecution, how long we enjoy hearing told the stories of those that ought to be rewarded and then watch breathlessly as our king meets the specific situation with perfect generosity. The thought of this fills me with happiness even now. I have friends and loved ones for whom I want a front row seat to witness this very moment. See, you know what? The king is going to reward you and me. You mean God rewards me even with all my struggles and setbacks? Dear saint, absolutely yes and amen. Your life today is not about perfectly working everything out and ironing everything out. Your life today is say, God, I'm going to give you glory and honor in the midst of this pain. And God gets the reward and he gives us the beautiful reward. And the Bible says that we're going to lay our crowns down before heaven. You know, that's what that judgment's going to be talking about. You know, there's two judgments. There's going to be one which is before uh, the, the saints where God said he will reward us for the things that we did here on earth. So if you're slack today in things, man, go after the things of God. God's going to reward you for the sacrifice you make. God's going to reward you for the pain you're going through and for what you're enduring and sacrificially how you're standing in the gap when you could have given up a long time ago. What an amazing thing is God teaches us, don't quit. By the way, don't quit, fight. Bruce Cockburn writes this, nothing worth having comes without some kind of fight. Can I get an amen there? I don't know if you know this, but you know how you have peace, you have war. That's how you get peace. You know, the Middle East conflict as Hamas is lobbing 8 million bombs to Israel, and Israel is defending itself right now. The only way that there's going to be peace is when, when, uh, when those missiles hit there and they say, all right, enough is enough. And God fights for us. You do have what it takes, by the way. Turn this around real quick and say, you've got what it takes. Some of you could probably preach this message a whole lot better than me today. Some of you have been down some roads and situations, and you can testify of God's goodness and glory where you said, you know what, God was faithful to me in this. By the way, can I get a show of hands where you say, God was really faithful to me in a place in my life. Can I get that? That is everybody in this place. Amen. So here's what should happen. Everyone in this place should be really, really excited right now. We shouldn't be down. We shouldn't be in the dumps. We should be completely excited because by that show of hands, it proves to me that God has been faithful. You mean with all my setbacks? Yep. With all of your fears and your worries and your doubts? Folks, I want you to know today that you've been given every spiritual blessing so that you don't have to quit. You know what? You don't have to pray and say, God, can you give me this and give me that? You've already got it. This is a good fight, by the way. Paul declares this is a good fight. This is a good fight. And we don't want to entangle. And sometimes when we're woken up and then we're in the middle of a battle and you say, oh my gosh, I remember my pastor was saying one day when he was just fresh out of, world, out of the war that he was in. I don't know if it was the Korean conflict. What was Pastor Kimball in the Korean War? Yeah, the Korean War conflict, and when he was still, uh, they were newly married and stuff, and he heard a sound of an alarm go off, he jumped out of his bed, and he was ready to fight. He tells that story. It was a false alarm, but he was ready to fight. And I think sleeping saints right now aren't ready to fight. We're done fighting. 
We don't want to fight our battles anymore. We want someone else to fight them for us. We want someone else to pray that prayer. And God is saying, no, you stand in the gap right now when you fight. It's a good fight. By the way, one of the reasons why we fight is to recover what was lost. You know that? Winston Churchill said this, wars are not won by evacuations. And I think for Christians, we want to evacuate the scene right now, don't we? Get me out of this place. Get me out of this place, God. I don't want to be here anymore. Get me out. I want to evacuate. Wars are not won by evacuating the situation. Turn real quick to 1 Corinthians 15. If we only knew the power and the treasure that we had in our lives, it would be amazing. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. I think that's so important. The Bible declares us as believers to be strong and immovable. How many feel like that all the time? I don't feel like that. That's the last thing I feel like so often, but Paul declares to us, be strong and immovable. I think so many people have this whole mentality of, well, I'm doing this for the Lord. I'm sacrificing for the Lord. And that's the complete different mindset of what Paul declares. He declares, be strong in the Lord. Nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Kyle Eilman wrote this, do I do anything at all in my life that requires courage and confidence? Do I do anything in my life at all that requires courage and confidence? And I would say absolutely yes and amen. Many of us have things that we're facing. It's going to require confidence. It's going to require courage. You say, how am I going to be able to do that? I say start surrounding yourself with quality people, people who will pray for you, people who will lift you up, people who help sharpen you. You know, the Bible declares iron sharpens iron. You know, those people are going to help you and raise you up to be courageous He's, he goes on to write, Kyle Eilerman says this, a friend of mine told me about the moment he almost gave up while running the Derby Marathon in Louisville, Kentucky. The course took my friend through a park of Notorious for Hills. As he was coming out of the park on the back end of the race, his legs felt dead. He had an overwhelming urge to give in to fatigue when suddenly the route took him right past one of his friends. Standing out on the road to cheer him on, my friend had an immediate awareness of accountability. It wasn't just some unknown spectator watching, but someone whose face he recognized and whose voice he knew. He found new energy to run. I think it's important. He said it wasn't just some other face out there. It was actually a face that I knew to keep running and to keep going. Folks, I, I ran through a race and that lady came up behind me and hit my shoulder and gave me that fig, whatever she gave. She gave me some kind of power fruit. I wanted to quit the race. I was done running and I kept going and I kept going. That person encouraged me. That's why church is important, by the way. Really is. And not just the service of church, the people around you. The people around you to build you up. Just this other week, you know, with the men's Bible study, we sat around there and Jim led us to say, hey, we need to pray for Israel right now. 
And i got to be honest with you, I don't pray for Israel every day in my devotions or my walk with God. And it just awakened. I started crying, thinking about this nation as I got my eyes off of me. Isn't it great when you get into a race and you get momentum and you start doing things outside of yourself and you develop courage and you go after those things that you start to kind of get away from the situations that you face? And those people encourage you and tell you to keep going. It might not make sense right now. It doesn't need to make sense. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. How many of you feel right now, no show of hands, but you feel like you're in a wrestling match right now? You just feel like you're in a wrestling match, and you're like, when's the wrestling match going to end in life in all these situations? And the Bible says we wrestle with the enemy. Wrestling is a very physical, aggressive thing. In fact, it's not very fun to watch wrestling, is it? I don't know if you watch MMA fights and stuff. These guys get in the ring and they're tying their arms behind stuff and they get into wrestling and, and it's really just into it. And that's the picture with the enemy. We get into it. You're in a war at your home, maybe in your family, maybe in your marriage. There is a war going on for you right now. Do you know that? And when you struggle and you're facing this thing, I love what Oswald Chambers wrote. He said, Lord, I am delighted to obey you in this. Lord, I'm delighted to obey you in this. Lord, I don't understand it all. In the middle of the adversity, start telling him you're happy to serve him in the middle of this. Maybe you think right now, and maybe you said, there is no way I'm going to pray right now, God, I am happy to serve you in that, right? It's really hard. But I want us to kind of take a, put a different hat on. We've wore the other hat before. God, when am I going to get out of this? I want us to put that hat of adversity on and say, God, I am happy to serve you in whatever capacity I need to right now in the middle of this. Soren Kierkegaard writes this, the moment of despair, having a silver lining in those moments, you are left with nothing to cling to. Anybody feel like that? And you can only hope in something outside of yourself. You can discover God's power and presence in a way you've never experienced before. You've tried grabbing for everything else and it's not working and then all that's left is God. It's a very beautiful place. But I challenge you this week, it's not about you feeling this way. It's not about somehow creating feelings for this moment that you're in. It's simply saying, God, I'm right now choosing to be happy to obey you in the middle of this thing. The world's full of quitters, isn't it? Are you presently facing adversity? Lord, I'm delighted to obey you in this. By the way, one thing that we can do as well is start to recover what was lost. G.K. Chesterton writes, every generation loses the gospel and every generation is charged with its recovery. You think about all the generations. What was the special one? Can you guys tell me? There was no special generation. Each generation has its own call. Each generation has the sins, if you will, nationally, that it's going to face with. G.K. Chesterton writes, every generation loses the gospel. And it's the charge of every generation to get that back. Do you believe that today? It's, we're charged with the recovery of it. And I believe God is recovering things. 
I was just seeing reports today on what's going on in England, and England's been dying. The church has been dying there over this past generation, and people are praying for revival as God is stirring things. I believe revival is happening all throughout parts of America where vacuums are being, our vacuums spiritually are being placed, and God is filling those voids, and God is moving in very special ways. But we're charged with that recovery part. Why don't we turn to Psalm 107.43. Psalm 107.43. I love this little promise. Psalm is uh, chock full of them. Those who are wise will take all this to heart and they will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. What will people see in our history? And how will our history be remembered? Will the church be remembered as a praying church bringing stability to a lost world? Or will the church be also caught up in the frenzy that the world creates? Will we be a church that is just caught up in all the news of the day I don't know if you know this, but all the news stuff, it changes almost hourly, right? You know, and I'm, I get on this little soapbox all the time, but I tried a little thing this last week. I was reading this article about distractions in our life, and this one secular writer was talking about how go into your phone and you can shut off all the notifications. Has anybody ever tried this before? Honestly, like, if you, Q, are you a non-notification guy? Good, that's why I can't get a hold of you, buddy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> So I tried it one day because you know what I start getting sick of is all the notifications. Do you know what I, I would get sick of is the weather app would tell me when lightning was there. Lightning struck. Well, if you're reading that and you've already been struck, it's not going to help you. I don't know. I'm dead. No, I'm just kidding. So I started realizing all these notifications really had no relevance in my life. Do you know all the different places how we're going to have to change history is we're going to have to get our brains rewired. Do you know that because of all the technology and all that we're doing, it's rewiring our brain patterns. It's rewiring us. And so what I did is I turned off literally every notification except for obviously text messages and they, they come through. But I turned off the weather notifications. I would get the news notifications. There would be this new headline, right? Because when you get a notification, it's like life-altering. It's the end of the world. And we've got to have that notification of the new headline for the hour of the day. And I'm finding that I don't miss them. Do you know that? And that my history, by the way, is not going to change because I'm aware of some other information out there. Now, I want to qualify that by saying this. That listen, there's nothing wrong with having information. I was saying the other day to Ashley, I was saying that Billy Graham was known as a preacher with a Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other, right? So he was aware of what was going on. And I'm telling you, be aware of your circumstances. But folks, the church should be charged with energy right now to serve and to grow and to be involved with what's happening on in our lives and what's going on and the daily grind. So we lost something. And then the tendency is just to hold on to what's left and then we stay put, right? We get into preservation mode. We're not quitting, but we're preserving. How many felt like that before? That's me. 
well, God, I'm not going to quit, but I just want to hold on to what's left of what I've got. And, and, and I, I don't think I'm going to be able to get, dip into the past to get that because the past is gone, and I'm not too sure of the future, God, and what it holds, so I'm just going to get into preservation mode and not rock a boat, but I'm not going to quit. And how many of you know you start to lose the edge because God does guarantee us a very bright future? Do you know that? See, don't allow the lies of the enemy with your present circumstances to cloud over the bright hope in the future that God has for your life. We're not in recovery mode many times. Kyle Eidelman goes on to write about Larry Lauden, a philosopher of science. He spent the last decade studying risk management. He writes of how we live in a society so fear-driven that we suffer from what he calls risk lock, a condition like gridlock that leaves us unable to do anything or go anywhere. He has concluded as much, we, as much as we try to avoid risk, the truth is that everything involves risk. Risk-free is a complete myth. Folks, risk-free is a complete myth. You get in your car today, you're taking on a whole lot of risks. Life is full of risks. And we get into the gridlock. You know, I love my Google Maps because it tells me, you know, what's really cool with Google Maps is it'll tell you where all the police officers are now. It'll get in, <laughs> make sure you're not speeding. There's a trap. There's a speed trap. Okay, good. I'm covered for the next two miles. But you know what else Google Maps will also do when you're on the phone and when you're driving? It will tell you up a few miles down the road, there's this red. When it turns red, it's bad because that whole road there is all blocked with gridlock. It's going to completely stop. And it will tell you how many minutes to expect gridlock. Can you imagine in our spiritual life if the Lord would just tell us how long to expect gridlock? Wouldn't that be great? We're like, Lord, can you talk to Google and you guys figure out a plan in my life? Because I've been in gridlock for a long time here now. But God doesn't do that. But he does say to trust me. He does say, listen, you might be in the middle of situations in your life that are causing things to slow down, but don't think I've stopped. Don't think that I've stopped working in your life. But faith doesn't tend to be sanitary. It's always sending us somewhere. If you've got faith in Christ, by the way, today, it's always going to be sending you somewhere. God is sending you somewhere right now and maybe trying to get you somewhere. He's trying to get you out of the nest of your comfort, out of the disease of what news creates and the bondage of what news creates. And he says, will you live now and what I've called you to be? Because life is a risk, son and daughter. Life is a risk. Life is a risk. And we must is with us. We must trust that God is pushing us to do things. Do you know the gifts that he push, puts in you? Those gifts that he puts in you are to cause you to push you out and to serve and to do things and to grow in life and what he has for us. Isn't that what he does with church? He, he plants churches in the, in the cities. He puts ministries in the middle of really bad spots that everybody wants to avoid. You know, it's interesting, I wanted, we want to bless the community in here in the neighborhood, and they just did all that beautiful planting there at Veterans Memorial Circle. By the way, before you leave 
the place, if you will, this area of town, do me a favor and go in that roundabout. Pray as you go into the roundabout so you don't get in a car accident, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but go in that roundabout and see all those beautiful flowers that are planted. We started doing this last year. We gave to them to help plant that Veterans Memorial Place because we wanted to honor the neighborhood in here and to see all that's going on in there. It's a beautiful thing. What's that guy's name? Ernie. Ernie. Yeah, we got to pray for Ernie, but they just planted all that yesterday. Go on that roundabout and see that thing that beautifully honors the veterans. God wants us to blossom in the middle of the places that we're at, but don't you dare give up. Turn to someone real quick and say, don't you dare give up. A faith that doesn't quit, it means taking action and moving forward. It's a determination to act on what needs to happen rather than dwelling on how something happened. Isn't it funny how we do that in life? We want to dwell on how something happened, how it took place, how did this go? And really what faith does is it gets us in a determination to say what needs to happen rather on dwelling on how something happened. How many got a lot of questions for God in your life? I want to I give you a promise today, an assurance, you're not going to get all these questions answered. And I know that people go, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God this, and I'm not going to ask God that. To be honest with you, I don't think you're going to have one question at all when you get to heaven. Because you know why? Those questions won't matter anymore. So as opposed to in your life, wondering how you got here, Joseph stuck in a pit. How did I get here? Maybe if I just would have fought the guys more, had some jujitsu, and beat up my brother, I wouldn't be in this pit today. You know, we start to think that way. Well, maybe, maybe if I did this, and maybe if I did that. How many have been caught in the maybes of life before? Well, what ifs? Well, you're not. It's not there. So now faith is a determination to say, I'm going after something now. Romans 4, 18 through 21, you don't have to turn there. But it says, against all hope, Abraham believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him. Against all hope. You know, maybe people have lost hope for you. God hasn't. Maybe other people have lost hope in your situation. Abraham, against all hope, believed what had been said to him. And we trust God and we believe. Don't ever quit in the middle of the sometimes. Sandra, why don't you come up here and start playing? I wanted to end with this because a lot of us are in the middle of some sometimes right now and we're giving ourselves reasons to quit. I don't want to give you reasons to quit today. I want to give you reasons to fight. And I don't know what you're thinking about quitting, but I want you to think about the reality of God in the middle of your situation and I want you to think about these sometimes right now. Sometimes faith does heal. Sometimes it does pay the bills. But sometimes what it gives you instead is something more precious. The strength to get through the day where there was no perfect healing or when you're not sure how the bills are going to get paid. Sometimes faith looks like the wife on her knees in the waiting room praying for her husband who is in knee surgery for a tumor to be removed. The doctor comes in and says, there's no tumor. We don't know what happened to it. It's just not there. We can't explain it. Sometimes that's what faith looks like. But sometimes, by the way, faith is a wife sitting in a cemetery and watching a casket of her husband being lowered into the ground. That's faith too, you know. 
I've seen examples of both, and God was present in each. Sometimes faith is a high school student who decides to start a Bible study on campus with no idea how it'll go over. Incredibly, it just takes off. Wonderful, uplifting things are accomplished, and revival breaks out in a school. Sometimes faith is a high school student who walks into a school with a Bible, but she is mocked and ridiculed, and she spends four years of her life overlooked and misunderstood. That's faith, too. Our faith in God is the big picture that we won't completely see this side of eternity, folks. Why don't we close our eyes for a moment? I want to encourage you today, and I pray your faith is encouraged to say, I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting on God. I'm not quitting on the destiny that he has for me. Sometimes you have that immediate answer to prayer, and I pray God works in those ways, but I also pray that God works in the mystery in your life and fulfills those promises and the destiny that he has for you as you keep your eyes focused on him when that sometimes doesn't work out. Sometimes God calls us to serve and to sacrifice, and we get no glory this side of eternity. But I want to tell you, rich is your reward. And today, dear saints, I want to hear the voice of God that says, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you don't know about that reward. The promise, Jesus Christ living in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. You don't have that. Maybe you're watching here today from YouTube and you're listening to it, and you never understood that God has called you and you've got a great place, and not only in heaven, but also the very presence of God right now. That you are richly rewarded for your life being hidden in Christ. Today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible declares for us to call on God, call on the name of God, and you will be saved. And that name is Jesus, for he is the name above every name. Today, would we all pray this together? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, may we all pray this. Dear Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. For dying for me. I give you my life today. I give you my future. I give you my past. God, I've been trying to sort it all out. And I trust you with my life. In Jesus' name, amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe today, dear loved one, you've said, you know what? I've been wanting to give up. I've been wanting to quit. And maybe you've been in that place where you've kind of insulated your life right now and you see all the notifications going off in your life spiritually. Bing, bing, ding, ding, ding. Throughout the day, you're reminded the enemy comes in and condemns you, see? And it becomes one distraction after another spiritually for your life. Till you've lost the drive and you've lost the compassion. You've lost the energy to go after the things of God. And today God is declaring to you, don't quit, start to wrestle, it's worth the fight. It's worth it, go after it. For rich is your reward. I don't know when you're rewarded, loved one, but when you are rewarded, you will be rewarded richly. 
fact, the scripture talks of a hundred times more you will be rewarded. For the sacrifices you make today are worth it and God sees it. And as we are surrounded by a company of saints and a company of witnesses and heroes that have gone before us, today I want to declare to you it is worth it to go after the things of God. It's worth it. You will get a reward that never fades or collects dust or rusts. Great is your reward. And as you're faithful to him, he will show himself strong to you. Today, loved one, if you say, you know what, that's me, and I'm picking up again, and I'm choosing to believe in spite of what I see, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray a blessing over your life today. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Shall we pray this prayer together, loved ones? Dear Jesus, I love you. Heal me. Make me whole. I trust you with these circumstances I face. I don't understand them all. But today, I choose to believe the bright future you have for me. In spite of all the distractions, in spite of the enemy whispering in my ear to quit, I'm not a quitter. Because of your presence in my life. Help me to stand, God, when everyone else is sitting. Help me to believe, God, when everyone else has lost their faith. Help me to be strong, God, and immovable because of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Folks, I love you. Don't quit. It's worth the fight. It's worth the engagement. It's worth the opportunities that God's going to give to you today. But don't, 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 don't quit. I love you so much. Have a wonderful week. And I got to tell you, just grab someone to pray. You know, we talk about the iron sharpens iron. You know what, man? Could you just pray for me with this on right now? Like, don't leave here today without maybe grabbing someone. Maybe you grab someone and say, hey, I'm praying for you, whatever it be. But uh, it's going to be an awesome week for us to fight and engage like we've never fought before. Amen? Fight the good fight. By the way, the cafe is going to be filled with goodness because uh, we've got some uh, rhubarb pie that we're charging. It's what, $6 a slice, Bonnie? It's the best rhubarb you've ever had, but I hope you enjoy it today. And you better leave a piece for me, but one of my favorite things. Bonnie, thanks for bringing that today. We, we love you guys so much and enjoy each other's fellowship and company. Have a good day.